we good? Can we go there? Yeah? Okay. All right. The first one is, it is Father's Day, right? And so um, for us together, it's, it's Father's Day, okay? So we're here celebrating the love of our Father who's uh, united us, and um, this is an awesome day to do that. Um, I want to, uh, I just want to, I want to speak into a couple of things. Uh, we're going to look at a passage in the uh, book of Acts, continue there. Um, before we go into that passage, I, I want to encourage you guys in, in relation to your earthly fathers. And um, just something that God was sort of working on me today, teaching me, challenging me. And, and uh, basically, you know, when we look at our heavenly father, what we see is actually a dad that looked at us as we were and, um, and in, in, in an earthly sense, saw nothing good, but in a heavenly sense, because of who he is and because he only sees with spiritual eyes, um, he looked at each one of our lives and, and, and said, you're worth it, right? Um, he looked at each one of our lives and said, you're lovable. Um, says, while we were still dead in our trespasses, um, Christ loved us. And, and that's, not just, um, that's not just, here you go, here's some love. It's actually God looking at you in your state of, of ugliness and brokenness and saying, you're beautiful, you're lovable, you're redeemable. And it's actually a vision. It's, it's God seeing you as you um, are in him, not as you were in that moment. Um, and so there's actually, um, I believe in that, the cross actually, um, it looks at each one of us and sees um, the value that God is wanting to restore and redeem. And the cross looks at each one of us and it actually declares the, the heart of the Father when he looks at each one of our lives and, and he saw something other than what was. And, and it's, it's actually a better word was spoken over us. That's what it says in Hebrews. A better word was spoken over your life. And you know what that word was? It's, it's the word through Jesus um, that declares God's goodness in you and over you. It's, it's the better word is that you're loved. The better word is that you're beautiful. The better word is that you are um, <laughs> you're amazing in God. Because that's who he created you to be. So actually, the, the voice of the Father looks at you, and he's... he's continually looking at your life, and he's believing better things, better things than you believe even. And that's the kind of father that we have. Wow. Wow. That's the kind of father we have. See, a lot of us maybe grew up around, uh, this might get a little sensitive, okay, uh, but we, we, we've grown up in environments where the word is not enough. The word is more. The word is um, well, you got a B. How come you didn't get an A? It's a word of, of it's a critical word, a word of criticism. And, and, you know, I think actually we think that that will motivate and pull up the best and bring out the best, but it doesn't. See, God knew something different, right? And that's why it says it's his kindness that leads to repentance. So we have a father that he's not looking at us critically, uh, wanting, because he knows that's not the way to pull out the best. That's not the way to get us to live up to our potential, live up to our creative value. So he speaks a better word over us, and it's that better word that allows us to step into who he wants us to be. 
So the word over us is loved. The word over us is holy. The word over us is blameless. The word over us is forgiven. All these words, they're words that God spoke over you, and he spoke those words over you when you were still dead in your sin. And in that, there's, a, there's actually a discrepancy, if you really look at it. There's a discrepancy in that moment between what is and what God sees. And it actually is a good discrepancy in the sense that God sees something other than what is. And it's actually that word spoken that allows you to walk into what will be. And so here's how it applies for us, all right? This is how it applied for me today. I realized, like, I wasn't looking forward to calling my dad. I wasn't looking forward to, I, I didn't know what I was going to say to him. I don't have a lot of good things in my own strength to say to my dad, okay? Just being honest. So, um, and I, I, I'll bring Maria into this because I was like, hey, I don't know if you're feeling this way, but I'm feeling this way. And she's like, yeah, I'm kind of feeling this way too. And she even hinted at it. She said, I, you know, I got I to gotta call my dad today. And I'm like, you know, I, I don't want to be like, I got to call my dad, you know, Father's Day, you know, get this out of the way kind of thing. Right? So I'm like, God, I need you to help me in this moment to see what you see. Because when you look at my dad, you see something different than maybe what I see right now. You see something different than uh, all these things that have happened, the sort of record. He doesn't see your record. You know that, right? He doesn't see your record. Uh, he sees something else. And so I said, God, I need that. I need to see what you see. Because otherwise, I can't actually give him a word of life. I can't give him a word of encouragement. I feel like I'll be lying. You ever did that? You look at somebody and look at the way things are. And if you're going to tell the truth in that moment, it's not going to sound very good. See, I don't think speaking the truth in love is just calling out all the bad things that you see right in front of you. They actually speak in the truth and love is calling out what God sees in people. Okay, because it's that that's going to bring people up to the place and the potential that he has for them. God, he's got like this vision over each one of our lives. And what he sees, he sees all these amazing things that we're going to walk into. And he sees more than that. He's the person that you are becoming because of him. It says that God knows in advance the good works that he has prepared for you. He has a vision that you don't even have a clue of yet. For your life, that's amazing. All right? So his goal is that you would walk into it. And one of the ways you walk into it is you begin to hear what he says and he thinks and you begin to believe it. Even before you feel like it really is. That's what we were talking about today. It's that new ID. And there's things on that ID that um, you're like, I don't know if that's true yet. I haven't experienced that yet. I don't, I don't actually believe based on uh, my experience in my past that this is who I am. And God says, what I'm calling you is to believe it maybe before it is for you. And actually, when you believe it, it will begin to become who you are. So as this relates to our fathers and to a lot of other people, um, I believe that God is wanting us to ask him, God, what do you think? What do you see? And would you give me the ability to agree with that and to speak it at, before it is so that it will be. So that's what I had to do today with my dad. And man, it was freeing. It was, it was awesome. I had to do it in email because um, I wasn't sure I could have that conversation. Uh, but actually, I'm sitting there typing the email. I think it's the first time I've ever cried typing an email. And it was short and sweet, but God just told me, he said, um, actually, he showed me a vision of my grandfather who's passed and um, who came to the Lord late in his life. And uh, he said, actually, I want you to tell him that 
his dad, if he was still here, would have said this about him, that he loves him and that he's proud of him. And then he said, I want you to agree with that. We're going to sandwich him, you know, <laughs> grandfather here, son over here. I love you, and I'm proud of you. And he said, because that's actually how I feel about him. And it's not because of what he's done that I'm proud of him. See, we often think that's, that's how it works. You do something good, then I'm proud of you. No, he's proud of him because he made him. God's proud of you because he made you. It's not because you did something that he looks at you and says, I'm proud of you. He says, I'm proud of you before you did anything. In fact, when you were doing all kinds of stuff that you shouldn't have done. God says, I'm proud of you because I made you. And I'm proud of you as my creation, as one that I have made for a special plan and a purpose. So that was the, that was the email I sent to my dad today. We'll see what comes of it. But it was good. It was good for me. All right, so I, I want to I affirm something here now, okay, so take it one step further. Um, what I don't ever want to do in this place is I don't, I don't want to be the, the critical voice in your life because I don't think God is wanting to be that, okay? And there used to be a time when I thought uh, preparing a sermon meant the first, four, uh, you know, well, if it's a 40-minute sermon, which many days they are, the first 35 minutes had to be telling people about all the stuff that was wrong. And in the last five minutes, you could sneak in, you could give them the good news. Yay! <laughs> and I wondered why people, you know, just looked like it was such a chore to get through the sermon. I'm serious. I felt that way. I thought that's how the gospel was supposed to be presented. You, you, you tell people, this is what's wrong with your life, and this is what's wrong with your life, and this is what's wrong with your life. And guess what? By the way, Jesus died for all of that, so yay. Now let's pray, and we'll do it again next week. When in fact, I think God sees something different, right? And again, he sees that it's actually, it's his kindness and his love and it's his believing in you when you don't believe in yourself. It's all of those kind of things that we need to hear. And as we hear the, affirm, uh, the affirmation of the Father, we will begin to walk in the things that he's believing for us. The affirmation doesn't come later with God. It comes first with God. First you're loved. First you're redeemed. First you're accepted and then maybe you'll begin to believe it. Maybe you'll begin to walk in it. Okay, so I want to affirm you guys, all right? I want to affirm you guys tonight. Um, I want to affirm what God's been doing in our midst. Luke kind of um, caught me on this one a couple of weeks ago, uh, uh, challenging us all to continue to let God speak and move through us and in our midst. And he said, it's already happening. And I, and I want to say yes and amen. It's already happening. I'm so encouraged tonight just standing in the hallway and hearing this room full of the praises of God's people who mean it. I'm, I'm so encouraged in that. Um, I'm encouraged when I look in this room because I, I, see, I see people that are um, just crazy enough to say yes to where God wants to take them. Just crazy enough to believe what he says about you. Just crazy enough to throw um, the past out the window when it doesn't line up with what God says. I see that in the room. I see in the room people whose hearts are full of the love of God. I see in the room a people that want to share that. I see in this room people who have committed to doing life as a family, even when it's a little ugly, even when it's a little messy. 
even when it means actually um, having to, to speak things that may not be received right away as good news. Walking with each other and not. I want to affirm those things here. I, I, I want to affirm tonight that in this room there is courage. I want to affirm in this room tonight that there is boldness. And it's going to take us somewhere that we never thought we could go. I actually believe right now that there's, there's boldness in, in some of your hearts that you haven't even seen yet. That you didn't know was there. Maybe it's been dormant, but it's there. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit's going to get a hold of that and it's going to set something off in the best, most beautiful way possible. I, I think some of us, um, some of you in the room, when that happens, we're going to be like, Wait, what is, wait, who, who is that? Like, I, I don't recognize you. And then we're going to be, oh, wait, it was there all along. Because God put it in you, and he's been cultivating it. So I want to affirm you guys tonight, and I want you to hear the voice of the Father in that. All right, so if you ever catch me being uh, critical in a way that's not of God, just, you know, you don't have to call me out in the middle of the sermon, but pull me <laughs> aside later. Hey, hey, man. Um, and, and a lot of times what it is, is just seeing, if we see the problem, it's actually asking God, what, what does it look like when, when you redeem it? So it's, it's not us just talking fluff to each other. It's, it's letting God see through the problem to the solution or to redemption and beginning to speak that even before it is. Okay? He saw your life redeemed before it was redeemed. And he spoke life over you. And then what do you know? Life sprang forth. <laughs> huh? What? <laughs> he got our new ID cards. He was printing those ID cards way before you knew it. Yeah, that's right. It's just a really slow printer. <laughs> all right. Um, oh, boy. All right. I'm done with that. <laughs> Jeez. All right. <laughs> Can I read this passage real quick? And. Um, after we read it, if, if, uh, if there's any points I'm supposed to share, we'll see what they are. If not, we'll just read it, and that'll be it. Um, but I, think, I feel like it's connected. Um, I'm going to read this passage. It's in uh, Acts 4, where we've been. Um, stay hydrated, people. So if you need water for this, get water. Um, I definitely, I, I do think this is connected to all the stuff we've been talking about tonight, so that's why I don't want to put it off to next week. I want to try to just go through a few things, um, maybe quickly here, if that's possible. Anybody need a Bible? Okay. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. There's a couple up here. We'll throw one at you. Or... Pass it down the aisle. Thank you. Yep. I do need more. Third cup. I have a collection over here. I have a collection in my room that looks like that, too. It's like that cup was from Thursday. Well, my wife knows, so I have to try and be, you know, honest. Because um, she'll be honest for me. All right, let's read this real quick. It's in Acts 4, verse 23. It says, all right, so, so, little sum, summary as we read into this. Um, last week we read about um, Peter and John and 
getting taken to prison after sharing the gospel. Okay, so this is um, the continuation of that story. Um, And um, it says, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain and the kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one? Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Say, great boldness. Great boldness. boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Okay, um, I actually want to reverse for a second. Um, with what I shared with you, I want to about seeing people the way God sees them. I want to just take a minute, and maybe it's related to your dad. Maybe some of you haven't called your dad today, and you're still working up towards that one. So this would be perfect for that. Um, if I'm just saying, if there's been a reason for the delay, um, or maybe it's for somebody around you that right now, currently, you're having trouble seeing the way that God sees them. And I want to just I want us to put our hands in our heart, uh, one hand on your heart and one hand over your eyes. Okay, this is so no, I know no one's peeking. No, um, put your hands over your eye, one hand over your eyes, not both of them. One hand over your heart. Okay, and I want to just pray this prayer together. Um, So just ask God to show you somebody that you need to see differently. And uh, we believe God can speak into that because he already sees them fully. So I want to ask, God, would you show me? uh, Would you show me how you see them? Would you show me what I need to come into agreement with about who they are, about who you've made them to be, about who you want them to be because of your love? And God, would you give me clarity on, on that? And would you give me courage to be able to speak that word over them? Or maybe even to just treat them differently in light of um, the revealing of that word. So God, would you help my heart um, be free if I've been hurt and that's caused me to see them differently than you see them? And God, would you give me your heart for them? Because even though they've hurt you, you love them fully and without abandon. God, would you help my eyes so I can see what you see before it is even? God, would you help me even begin to see the reverse of what is and um, be able to speak it, be able to share it? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I'm I'm waiting for a good story out of that one. Um, Okay. Fast forward back to this passage. All right. So it's a short passage. It gives us the response of Peter and John after this moment occurs. 
And um, they go back and they begin to pray with God's people. And they pray this prayer. And I'm, I'm glad they included a portion of the prayer. I'm guessing it was a little bit longer than this, the prayer meeting they had when, when Peter and John returned. Um, I'm just trying to justify this, the length of this meeting, you know. Anyway, but um, the, their prayer meeting was probably a little bit fuller, but we get a little snippet. This is like the cliff notes from the prayer meeting. Like, so put this, Luke, put this in your book from, from tonight, okay? When you write that book of Acts you're planning on writing, put this in your book, okay? So that people way down the line at the light church will get a chance to read it, and they'll know um, just what it means to pray, you know, after you got arrested kind of thing or when things aren't going well. I don't know if he said that. My guess is he probably didn't say that. But, but uh, there's something here really good for us. So he gives us a little um, clip of the prayer. And it says this. It says, it says, Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. And then he quotes a part from Psalm 2. And he says, Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? And the kings of this earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Then he goes and connects that to the current situation. And um, he goes on to say, uh, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal, perform signs and wonders and miracles in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Okay, so here's what I want us to see. You realize what they didn't say? What didn't they say here? Sometimes it's what, what isn't included that's the most powerful. And in this case, what didn't they say? They didn't say, um, God, we don't know why this is happening. God, all we were trying to do is serve you faithfully. God, um, do you even love us right now? They didn't say, God, go get those people. What did they say? They said, in fact, they said, God, give us boldness so we can continue to do what we did yesterday. Give us boldness so we can go after this thing even more now that they're pushing back. Now that we're not in favor with all the people like we were um, after the first time we preached. Give us boldness. They didn't say, God, give us an exit strategy. They said, give us boldness so we can continue to do what you called us to do. Um, I want to point out a few things here from this. Um, so they ask for boldness, right? First thing that is really interesting about their prayer here is that they, they, they take this moment that's happened, and rather than being offended by it, rather than praying curses on the people that locked them up, rather than praying any of these things, what they realize, and, and, and more importantly, rather than taking this moment and, and taking it personally, they realize something really important that I think we need to see when it comes to us stepping out in God and, and not being received well. Because that's what happens here. I mean, that's saying it in a very um, <laughs> light way. So they, they stepped out in God. It wasn't received well by everyone, okay, to the, to the tune of getting locked up. I'm guessing that's never happened here, right? But when we step out in God, and it's, that's happening here. And as we step out in God, there may be a moment where it's not received well. Anybody ever had that happen? Okay, forget about it, okay? Pretend it never happened. But if you can't, 
What I want you to see is, in fact, when this happens and it doesn't go well, they, they see something really important here. And it's in this prayer that David prayed before them, and they prayed again. And it's, it says that um, he, he acknowledges that what's happened here is against your anointed one. Who is that? It's not Peter. It's not John. It's not any of the other apostles. It's Jesus. So they link this event and they say, this event actually happens to Jesus. What happened here, the, the offense here is actually, it's to Jesus. The persecution here is, is actually persecution against Jesus. And I think it's so important in that moment that they link this. This is against our Lord, the anointed one. And it's a perspective that we need to have in regards to what might happen when we begin to step out and we do this and we, and we move in God and we ask God to do things in our midst and it's not received well. So you have two choices in that moment. We have a few choices. You could, you could um, you know, someone curses you, you could curse them back. Um, you could take it personal and being like, what did I do wrong? Or what did I say that I shouldn't have said? Or you can say, Jesus, I thank you that you're here. And I thank you that you sent me. And just as you sent me, you promised that this would happen. See, when we come into this family of God, there's things about the family of God that we really like. You know, there's like, there's an inheritance here. And it's like, wow, you get to start, you know, go in the closets and, and pull out these amazing gifts from God. And it's like, yay, wow, this family is awesome. This family is amazing. Anybody you ever go to somebody's house who had a lot more stuff than you had? And you're there, and you're like, this is incredible. I just want to live here. I got to go all the way to Arkansas for a baseball tournament when I was 12 because baseball was my life. And all of us were from uh, inner city New Orleans. Um, most of us had no clue what, what life was like in, in Arkansas. Now I know really well because my wife's from there. So we got, we got bussed all the way to Arkansas. We actually we were those kids on the corner um, next to the stoplight shaking, uh, we call it shaking cans, asking for money, you know, and I got preached to so many times about how we needed to earn the money rather than just asking for, anyway, we got the money, we took the bus, uh, we took the bus all the way to Arkansas, and they put us up in all these people's homes, people we didn't know who were just all excited about being able to host this tournament, so I got to stay in, in this house that I had never known when it was like, I, I never knew how much I didn't have till I stayed in that house. You know what I mean? And they cooked us breakfast in the morning, and it was like a full plate. It was like Shoney's Breakfast Buffet, which was my favorite. But it was in their, in their kitchen. And I was just like, wow, this is amazing. All right, so that's what the family of God is like. We step into it, and we realize all these things that we didn't know we had in him. And most of them, actually all of them are amazing. It's called the inheritance. But part of our inheritance is actually sharing and suffering of Christ. So there's things that may sound really fun, and there's other parts of this. Being in this family, I think we need to acknowledge that are part of the package. And they're not, they're not actually, actually not bad things. They're really good things, and they will refine us. One of those is sharing in his suffering. So Jesus promised, if you want to go where I go, you're going to share in what I'm Experiencing, And he said one of those things, he said, if they, they, they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. So we just need to settle in our hearts and minds that 
going where God wants to go, being in this family, having his name, having his ID, means that people are going to look at us and they're going to reject us. And in fact, when that happens, they're not rejecting us, but they're rejecting him. And it's really important that we acknowledge the difference. Because if we think they're rejecting us, we'll stop doing it. But when we acknowledge that they're rejecting him, and it's just because they don't know how beautiful he is. Because if they knew, they'd be jumping on the bandwagon quick. All right? So they don't know how beautiful he is. But, but the rejection is actually the rejecting the anointed one, who we come in the name of. And it's really important that we acknowledge that, um, that we're part of this family. And this is part of our inheritance. But it ultimately goes back to him. And it's, okay, you know, um, God helped them to see who you really are and how good you are. Um, so I said last week, um, silence. This, there's this, the, one of the ways the enemy works best is through silence. And there's all these um, means of cultivating silence that our culture has put around us. But I forgot one, and it's actually one that's way closer to home. And it's the silence of self-preservation. Follow me here. Silence of self-preservation. So if, if we don't acknowledge when, when, when something comes, hardship, when we step out in faith and obedience and, and it's not received the way we hope it would be, if we don't acknowledge that, in fact, in that moment, they're not rejecting us, they're rejecting Jesus, whose name we come in. If we don't acknowledge that, it will be a lot easier for us to take those things personally. And when we take those things personally, the, the, the sort of um, natural outcome of that is going to be, I don't want to do that again. It's the silence of self-preservation. It's the silence of saying, you know what, that didn't feel good, and I don't want to go there anymore. And I think actually that's the biggest hindrance for us. It's not actually all the all the ways in which the world is trying to squeeze us and silence us. The, the biggest, um, the, the one of most detriment is the silence that comes from within. When we say, I'm going to protect myself. And so it's important that we acknowledge first that out of relationship we go. And then in that same way, when it's not received. Well, if it's received, glory to God, right? We give it back to him. It's Jesus in us. That we know a little bit better. But on the other side, if we're rejected, Jesus, I'm fellowshipping with you in this. Because ultimately, it's, it's your name that's being rejected, not mine. I'm accepted, right? I'm beloved. I'm approved. And hopefully, that's beginning to be more and more unshakable. All right? Um, I remember this time uh, for me where that happened. And I'll be honest with you. Growing up, I had a lot of insecurity as it related to... Um, to just how people perceive me, right? And I still remember this moment when I was a kid in, in church and the pastor asked um, us to, to uh, explain something, right? And, and, and I was so ready to explain it. But I, I totally misunderstood what he asked, right? And so I have the, the answer, and I, I raised my hand so excited to tell him what, what it was, and I, and I spoke the answer, and of course everybody knew that I had misunderstood it and just laughed there's laughter but the laughter didn't sound like laughter to me and I said that is the last time I'm gonna raise my hand and say something in church so it wasn't a good moment okay in case, in case you didn't catch that 
So there's this insecurity, and, and, it, and it, it was fostered in moments like that. So I remember um, more recently God just doing this thing in my heart where he said, you know, that kid you were back then when you were so free to, to just be who I called you to be, and you didn't worry about what people said, you didn't worry about having the wrong answer or any of that, I'm bringing that back out. And I was like, wow, that's cool, but it's a little scary I started to step into just, okay, God, I want to be free. I want to be a child in you. I want to not worry what people think. And I want to just speak what you put in my heart, even if I make mistakes and not, and that it's okay, right? So that began to happen and started praying for people in the street and things, things I would never do before and seeing the fruit of that. In fact, more often than not, actually, in most cases, people were pretty amazingly open. And, you know, even if it was just like, you know, bless your heart, kind of way, like, oh, you want to pray for me? Oh, that's so sweet. Okay, well, um, you know, pray for me later. No, I mean now, you know, kind of thing. Um, But I remember this one moment. So in the middle of that and seeing God begin to move in that and just wanting to be faithful, there was this moment I'm I'm leaving the house and Maria's behind me. We're supposed to be going somewhere. Somehow I was ahead of her um, by a good bit because I had time to talk to this guy who was on the corner and he was painting the, the front of this building and I used to be a painter, so I just kind of connected that dot and started a conversation with him. And God said, he's got real bad back pain. And I didn't want to ask him about it, but I, I just said, um, hey, you know, uh, just kind of, you know, how, how are you doing? You know, how's, how, how's, your, how's your back, you know? And he said, oh, it's terrible. You know, I've been having these pains for a long time, and, and um, I, I've already had two surgeries, and um, it's it, I'm in pain constantly. And I said, wow, God, all right, you connected the dots here. All right, now we're going to go in for the heel. You got that? I just came up with that one, I think. Go in for the heel. The heel. All right. Um, um, you could use that, by the way, if you want to. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to go in. And I said, well, can I pray for you? And he just started laughing. Not like you're a funny guy, but like... <laughs> That's a joke, right? And, and not only did he start laughing, he just starts walking away from me. And, and I, I, I was like, where are you going? <laughs> Seriously, I'm like, come on, man. I just told you. Like, you have back, these back pains. What, and, and you just told me how bad it was. So won't you, would you let me pray for you? And at this point, Maria's walking around the corner like, what is he doing? <laughs> like, I leave him for five minutes, you know, and he's, like, chasing people down the street. Um, <laughs> and I'm like... Come on. And I, I, was like, I, I was like, please. And I'm like begging with him from like 20 feet away. It was a little awkward. And he's like, no, no, that's okay. I'm going to be over here. And when I sat in the car, I, I had a moment where I was like, that didn't feel very good. And it even brought back the memory of like being laughed at. I'm like, that didn't feel very good. It never has felt good. And then God said, you know, he didn't reject you. He rejected me. And he only rejected me because he thinks I'm a certain way. And he doesn't believe that, in fact, I love him this much to be putting some random person in front of him. If he did, that he wouldn't be continuing to just suffer in that pain. So for you and I, I think it's just so critical, right? We go out in the name of Jesus. We go out as part of his family. We can't separate that. And it's actually a really good thing. When we begin to not separate who he is with what we're doing, then I think there's some real encouragement that will come. And even in the moments where people 
might say mean things or just laugh at us, whatever it is, you're going to be encouraged because you know, Jesus, we're in this together. We're in this together. All right. Amen. Um, all right, one or two other ones real quick, and we're going to wrap up, I promise. Um, well, good, I already, I already covered the second one. <laughs> so what we need, we need is to let God let us die to self so we wouldn't be silent, Okay. And if, if, if self rises up in that, we won't ever go where he wants us to go because we'll say, you know what? I don't want to be inconvenienced. I don't want to experience that. I, I want to be comfortable. I want to be secure. But you're, you're secure already in him. So you don't have to protect yourself in that way. Um, all right. And this is what I want to say with that. When we look at other people, again, going back to that, looking at them and seeing what God sees, you realize just behind the hostility, just behind the hostility is a son and daughter whom God loves. And actually waiting to be ushered into his family of grace and peace. One step away from the hostility is a name change. Right? Think about who is the most hostile person there is. If you read a little bit further in Acts, not to spoil it for you, but Saul. And be... Right behind the hostility was a name change waiting to happen where Saul becomes Paul and he gets ushered into the family of God. And you realize it's funny because, you know, God is way ahead of us in this, right? So when, when this happens, I wasn't planning on preaching on Saul, but when this happens, right, God says, Saul, I'm looking past your hostility and I'm seeing Paul. And by the way, who are you persecuting? You're not persecuting the church. You're persecuting me. God said, I'll, I'll, I'll take this one myself. Okay, you, 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 you might be taking it personal, but I'm taking it personal way more than you. So I'm going to knock him off his horse and let him know who he's really persecuting. Okay? The anointed one. He shows up. I mean, if that happened a little bit more, boy, it would be a different story, wouldn't it? <laughs> but right behind the hostility was a name change. And we need to see that. We can't afford to look at the hostility and say, this person will never blah, blah, blah. This person, that. This person, this. We need to look past it and say, you know what? You just don't know who you are yet. You don't know who he is yet, but I want you to know. And so you can come back and keep cursing me, but I'm going to keep blessing you. All right? Um, And that guy went from being hostile to being a forerunner in the kingdom of God, to writing most of these pages back here. <laughs> so it was way bigger than just, all right, let's sneak them into the kingdom. <laughs> it was, oh, I got an amazing plan for you, Saul. Paul, I mean, Saul, no, Paul, that's who you're going to be. <laughs> and in fact, the church had to catch up with it because Paul comes around and he's like, hey, I'm not Saul anymore, I'm Paul. And they're like, no, you're not, get away from us, <laughs> right? <laughs> they're still Saul, I'm at Saul. But God said, no, this is, you, you, don't, you don't know who this is now, this is your brother. This is your family. And he's going he's gonna to lead the way in this thing. 
All right. Let's wrap up. In the way of these things, in the way of these things, often is related to self is fear. Fear is what will keep us clinging to self. Fear of what has been happening again or fear of what hasn't ever been happening for the first time. We've got really good imaginations in the wrong way, don't we? (laughs) If I say this and this will happen and before you know it, the whole building will topple over kind of thing. (laughs) Fear. And when it comes to fear, what I, I think is we don't just need a removal of fear. We actually need a, a reminder, and we need to be strengthened in who we are. See, see, there's one thing to have fear removed, and it's another thing to have boldness. And God wants us to have boldness. God wanted his church in this passage to have boldness. And they wanted it too, so they were agreeing with them. And so in this prayer, God, give us boldness for these things. First is the removal of fear, but then it's more than that. And it's a strengthening and a reminding. I think if we're not going to be afraid, we need to be strengthened in love because love casts out fear. So we can't just say, God, help me not to be afraid. Help me not to be afraid. Help me not to be afraid. And it's funny because when you keep praying that way, you're like, I'm getting more afraid. I'm getting more afraid. <laughs> I'm freaking out. <laughs> God, why aren't you answering? Hello? We don't just need a removal of fear. That's not what they prayed. They said, God, give us boldness to do what you called us to do, to be who you called us to be, to go in the name of the one who is with us. So we need love, actually, because it's love that will replace fear. And and it's letting God's love tell us who we are, letting God's love in tell us, you know, you don't have to be afraid because I'm with you. You don't have to be afraid because I will equip you and have. You don't have to be afraid because I am going out before you. You don't have to be afraid because my spirit is in you and will give you the word you need to say in the moment that you need it. You don't have to be afraid because when the offense comes, I will give you the ability to not be offended by it, to be free from it. So we need God's love to take fear out of the picture. And and we need God's love to then establish us and a boldness that is not of us. But that really is in him. (laughs) In him, you are bold. In him, you're spicy. (laughs) Bold and spicy. (laughs) I like spicy food. I like bold flavors. The world needs some bold boldness. Need some some zest. Yeah. All right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> to really bland food, salt is bold. Yeah. Let's take it a step further. Sriracha. <laughs> I believe if sriracha was around back then, it would be you are the sriracha of the world. <laughs> you taste good on everything. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right. By the way, I watched that documentary. He's asking, what am I talking about? I'm talking about the thing you sent me the documentary for, the hot sauce. Yeah, not just any hot sauce, though. Heaven sauce, yeah. 
It's amazing. There's a documentary on Amazon, by the way. It's free. It's 30 minutes. You should watch it. Free. Sriracha. You don't know what that is? Okay, you should definitely watch it. <laughs> All right. Let's close with this. Let's close with this. All right, here's a question, a challenge for all of us, all right? Would we be willing to pray not for protection but for provision? That's what they were praying for. Not for protection but for provision so that they could continue to go where Jesus was going. Do you want to go where he's going? Because it's not going to be safe. But really, the world's not going to be safe. So will we be willing to pray, not for protection, but for provision, so that we could go where Jesus is going, rather than try and keep him where we are? See, again, going back to the way God sees you, man, he's got so many amazing plans, so many amazing pictures, dreams. See, God is a dreamer. What's awesome is what God dreams happens. And God has dreams over your life, over my life, and he's looking at you and he says, these things are going to come to pass. I've prepared them in advance. You're going to walk in them because you're mine. And you're beginning to figure out who you are in me. You're beginning to go with me where I'm going. And I will provide for you every step of the way. I will. You want proof? It's in you. The proof is in you. It's my spirit. The proof is in the spirit, actually, not in the pudding. It's in the spirit. Okay. That was a joke. All right, let's pray. <clears throat> let's, um, let's put our, our hands on our hearts again. Um. I think that's where boldness is going to be planted, where it already is in our hearts. Let's pray. God, I, I thank you. We thank you for this Father's Day. As your children, we get to celebrate who you are, this crazy family that you brought us into. We get to rejoice with you in your goodness that we're just beginning to unfold. We're just beginning to get glimpses of it, God. We're just beginning to be crazy enough to believe those things. And as we believe them, to continue to uncover more in your grace. And I thank you, God. It is your grace. I thank you that you looked at us and you said, I'm choosing you for this time. You looked at us and said, I'm choosing you because my spirit is going to rest there and it's going to be a good thing. I'm choosing you to receive the love that is um, beyond comprehension. God, we thank you for that plan and we thank you that you brought us into it and we thank you because it's starting to sink in starting to sink into our hearts, God. And so we ask, just as your church asked in the beginning, God, that you would increase our courage. Because we need it to go where you're going. 
because we need it to cross over that river and step into the territory that you have said is ours already, that you've said, in fact, is yours already, that you've invited us to partake and to apprehend and to, um, to see brought into the kingdom. We need courage to be able to go there with you. And I thank you that you don't just say take courage, you give courage. And so, Lord, I ask right now, I speak to all the hearts in the room, and I say, be courageous in Jesus' name. Jesus, give us your courage, because you were the most courageous person there ever was. You saw all of it, and you went, because you said, I want to go where the Father is going, so that they can go where I'm going, so they can be part of this. So give us courage, God. Give us boldness in you. And give us, God, give us the hearts to receive your love. And in that, God, as we let your love sink deep, God, we'd we'd look around and we'd be confused. Where did the fear go? And we realize it's gone. It's gone. It's not there anymore. Things we used to be afraid of, we're not afraid of anymore. Because of your love. Because we're starting to believe it. Take us there, God. Take us there. I thank you. I thank you. You're taking us there right now. In Jesus' name, amen.